Come on, man. The world is getting crazier. People are acting more and more insane. The end of the world is tomorrow. 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 There's only one thing to do when the world is falling apart. Listen to Basil and Gonz as they discuss this week's news and events through the lens of Bible prophecy. You are listening to Canary Cry News Talk. You're listening to Canary Cry News Talk. Today is November 2nd. 2020. This is episode 260. And uh, today, natural election. That's right. And I've got my eye on you, Swing States, and you know me. I'm your best buddy, Basil. And this is Gons. Welcome back to the podcast where we love Jesus. We love you. We are learning to love ourselves. At least I am. And more importantly, love our enemies because, uh, Jesus told us to do that, even though so hard, Jesus, but, uh, <laughs> but we're back at least, um, for those of you on the YouTube channel, the face like the sun YouTube channel, you might see that episode two fifty nine did not air on the channel because I got a community strike and, uh, for a video I published four years ago and, mm-hmm. uh, and we took a week off anyway, because, uh, the birth of my son, that sounds so weird to say. I have a son. <laughs> such a trip. Uh, but you held it down, Basil. You, you're, uh, you're live streaming the game, uh, play. All that stuff was fantastic. I was spying yeah. on you. I know you were. We had a fun <laughs> little week. We had one little disaster at the end of the week. Baby week Friday wasn't able to stream. But we got in on Monday, uh, did, some, did some gaming for those who missed that. We, I played Robo Recall, which is, uh, I'm convinced, is a training simulator for fighting Flippy and ultimately the robot uh, revolution, the robot takeover. That was very fun. A lot of support there. I had a lot of comments that... Uh, it was a really new experience. People seeing me in action, uh, I, you know, putting my money where my mouth is when it comes to defeating robots. I uh, happy to say, I think a lot of people were very impressed. <laughs> then on Wednesday, um, I did a Joy Spiracy Theory yeah. episode with uh, Twitch friend of the family uh, incarnate unlimited yeah and so I, everybody enjoyed that very much as well and thank you very much incarnate unlimited for being uh, so cool and open and also making the schedule work and i do want to give a shout out to everybody who uh, emailed me and uh, uh, offered their time to come on and do a joy spiracy theory episode i see you if you have not heard from me yet i see you i love you i will get back to you uh things have just been crazy and so yeah gons and you had your baby baby week accomplished accomplished and before i uh, tell you about the baby real quick a couple things one for live viewers this may go down at any moment because uh of yes. course cox communications which is what our internet sits on decided to do some kind of update or some, I have no idea um, a massive outage thing happening in my pre-election area. meddling yeah. is what it is <laughs> I know the day before the elections and they know people are working from home but they're like oh let's just uh, turn off the internet for all those canary cry news talk listeners but yeah um, so just keep that in mind uh, if we do fall off I do have some uh, backup stuff planned in terms of trying to stay on the internet if that doesn't work then definitely find us later on at canarycrynewstalk.com or look it up on your podcatcher. Uh, the episode will be there. 
Um, mm-hmm. But uh, and then one more thing, you mentioned uh, Incarnate Unlimited. I did receive the uh, the physical copies of the oh, artwork. Yes. So oh, uh, good. I'm trying to show it here on the screen. Kind of hard to do. It's it's a big piece of paper. But uh, now yeah. I now I can have a paper version of the wow. googly eyes. And, uh, so cool. Very well done. I'm very, I'm very impressed. Yeah. yeah. So uh, um, thank you for that. I, I've been hearing. I was reminded by some people who have sent some packages that uh, you, you got to be getting ready to put together a big care package and sending it my way guns. I know. I know. I hear there's a lot of things that need to be sent to me. I was going to do this later, but let me just do it now real quick. Somebody sent us Canary Coffee, Canary oh, Coffee yeah. Company. And I have it here cool. uh, for those of, of you viewing. And it's literally, it's like yellow coffee. Yeah. It says Canary coffee company we are not sponsored by canary no. coffee but wh- whoever sent that you weren't <laughs> i mean i asked you who sent this you said you didn't know i don't know you, did, you lost the package no, or something th- there was nothing on the package that would indicate who it's from or at least no i didn't re- really no return address you know yeah but i i did see i remember seeing somebody mention it in an email or something so if that's you out there let us we'll know. have to look it up yeah, yeah thank you know. for thank you for the coffee i like the font you know, we've been, we've considered doing uh, another rebrand. You know, we do another, we do a rebrand about every five years, but the font on that Canary Coffee is uh, kind of cool. I don't know. I'm going to keep that in mind. Um, I do want to big, uh, before we get into the, the show here, I want to give a shout out to Dollar Signs in the chat. He says, hey, big news, y'all. Uh, got engaged yesterday. So congratulations, congrats. Dollar Signs. Congrats. Yeah. Lots of life changes around here. I know a um, lot of things going on. And, and let me uh, just just for the viewers out there, I will. Uh, this is I, I got a picture here of my baby boy. Mm. And he's in his little. Uh, you know, he's he looks like he's some kind of. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> he's adorable. He looks just like you. I know he looks just like me, and it's really weird how I look in the mirror now, and I'm like, oh, that's I guess that's where I get my shape. <laughs> <laughs> some of the earlier pictures that you were sending me guns mm-hmm. I, I get the i had the uh the privilege of seeing some of the earliest pictures of Kazo, and uh you know when babies are brand spanking new yeah they they look pretty weird <laughs> but he was always very cute but at one point he did look like a like an ancient samurai uh warrior <laughs> ancient samurai alien he looked like an like. old man <laughs> he looked very wise <laughs> an old man uh yeah vacuumed for anyone that wants to know uh, oh you got the little vacuum huh? yeah so he definitely that looked explains like... the head shape yes i was like no <laughs> <laughs> he had a little nephilim, bit of a nephilim baby. head for yeah. a second there yeah yeah but it all worked out uh mom is doing very very well family's doing great and uh, just just to let people know what the name stands for, Kezo, it's not spelled this way. We drop the U, K-E-I-Z-O, but the meaning in the kanji in the Japanese means mm-hmm. blessed three. So that's what Whoa. his name means. And uh, interestingly enough, Gonzo, like my name yes. in the kanji means origin three. Oh, Origin 3 sounds like a cool name for something. I know. So just for you uh, artists and other producers out there, if you want to take that and run with it, please do. Yeah. And um, 
lastly, again, before we just get into it, I, I do, I can't remember if I already did this or not, but uh, I want to give a sincere thank you to everybody who uh, tuned in for baby week, uh, me trying to hold down the fort. I had to do a lot of last minute technical, technical changes and learning, and but I felt very supported. Everybody was very supportive. I was nervous for uh, a few different reasons, um, but uh, I just want to thank everybody everybody for being so cool meant a lot i think a lot of news talk listeners feel comfortable about uh, getting behind you when the robot takeover starts to happen because you can hold your own against them robots i gotta say i yeah i did feel pretty good it felt good to to show off my skills for once you know i talk about gaming a lot but uh to actually put it into action with the that might have been the first audience i've ever had uh while gaming so uh thank you and also you're welcome <laughs> all right you ready to jump okay. into it here with the uh, flippy right. update let's do it let's uh, get updated with flippy Flippy official in the chat says your robot destroyer game was cool i sense I sense a little bit of a threatening tone, Flippy official. (laughs) Um, Okay, this story is coming from TheVerge.com. We're going to kind of take it easy for this Flippy update, but still uh, pretty creepy. So, TheVerge.com, the article is titled, Disney's new skinless robot can blink like a human, because why not? (laughs) The article reads, a really creepy picture here. Yeah, if there was ever going to be a movie about Flippy taking over the world, this uh, this animatronic would definitely make it into the film. The article reads, once you get past the fact that it has no skin, the new robot from Disney Research is an impressive feat of robotics. First, reported by Gizmodo, the new robot can imitate human facial movements, specifically blinking and subtle head movements. A sensor in the chest area, covered by a shirt, because the face is unsettling enough, thanks, alerts the robot when to turn and face a person in front of it, and its eye movements shift from direct eye contact to rapid eye movements known as cicades. Cicades? Oh no. Uh, It also moves slightly up and down to mimic breathing. And there's a video there gone and uh, you really do have to see the video to see just how disturbing this is and uh, well I'll continue before I make some comments the robot was developed by engineers at Disney research division wall to Disney Imagineering and robotics researchers from the University of Illinois Urbana Champaign and the California Institute of Technology While most humanoid robots generally focus their eyes on a human face and stay there, that's not how people interact with each other, except on Zoom calls, maybe. The Disney research team explained in its paper, Realistic and Interactive Robot Gaze. Gaze has been shown to be a key social signal, shaping perceptions of interaction partners. For example, people who make more eye contact with us are perceived to be similar to us, as well as more intelligent, conscientious, sincere, and trustworthy. Uh, why, why do you think I unblinkingly have these giant eyeballs staring at you throughout the whole show? <laughs> it's 
because I'm so intelligent and conscientious and sincere and trustworthy. Furthermore, gaze appears to also convey complex social and emotional states. Given the importance of gaze in social interactions, as well as its ability to communicate states and shape perceptions, it is apparent that gaze can function as a significant tool for an interactive robot character. Thus, the aim of this work is to develop a system to emulate human-like mutual gaze. Yee. It's not hard to imagine how Disney might use this technology, say, for animatronic characters at its theme parks or uh, for robotic uh, spiritual leaders uh, in the new New Age robotic one world uh, religion. Believe it or not, Gons, I added that last part myself. <laughs> really? I was like, wow, Verge getting truthful. With that, that <laughs> seamless... Uh, <laughs> Anyways, the company's research division has been working on making more lifelike robots for some time. In 2018, it unveiled its Stickman robot that could do backflips in midair. Uh, another... Um, star of the flippy update segment to approximate the height of a human stunt performer with arms raised over its head. Uh, they'll just need to add something that looks like skin over the eye tracking robot skull conquering the uncanny valley is one thing, but left as is this robot would probably freak out Disneyland guests checking out the pirates of the Caribbean ride. Um, so this is a very interesting and very complex uh, sort of development they've made here as you can see in the video um, you know when you're when you're interacting with a regular human you know eyeballs are kind of going all over the place even if you're seemingly looking at somebody in the eye uh, you know you're you're kind of switching from left eye to right eye. You know, you're kind of looking back and forth. You might glance at their nose. You might move up. Like your eyes are rarely like dead straight on looking at somebody else's um, eyes. And that's what always kind of made these robots really creepy is because they thought they nailed it by making it. So the robot looked into your eyes, but this one does a lot of the really interesting human movements. Like its eyes will dart around and right. kind of look at different parts of your face and really, uh, I mean, really realistic, really impressive, but incredibly creepy, especially with no skin on the face. Why didn't they put skin on the face? I don't know. But uh, the gaze, the concept of the gaze, and they kind of alluded to it uh, in the block quote from the paper, Realistic and Interactive Robot Gaze. But the gaze is actually a very interesting philosophical term, too. And so when I read this gaze thing, now I'm not going to get fully into it now because it goes very deep and gets kind of esoteric. But, uh, you know, there's an aspect of human behavior and human sort of selfhood or personhood that is determined by the gaze of others. Um, and this is, of course, just in sort of uh, different philosophical senses. This is not necessarily my personal beliefs, but going into the beliefs of those who would be in control of something like this, uh, you know, there's ideas that, you know, without the gaze of another, the gaze of the other, that we would have a very hard time understanding who we are personally. And so, uh, you know, we base our own behavior and base our personality. It's all based off of the gaze of the other. What, what is, 
how I act or how I think or what I say uh, mean with another person around. Because without another person around, you know, you really don't have a whole lot of uh, things to base your own uh, personhood off of. So anyways, to loop this back around, um, perfecting this sort of gaze from a robot is an interesting sort of leap into not just, uh, you know, the interactions between robots and humans, but the perception of he- of personhood, of being, mm-hmm. not just the being or personhood of the robot, but now in the case where the robot can actually add to the personhood or the being or the development of our own idea of ourselves because of a robot being there, you know. I'm not acting different or basing my identity or behavior, uh, you know, off of the the uh, of, of a Roomba being in the room. You know, it's right. a robot and it's there, but I'm not necessarily acting differently or perceiving myself to not be alone. Well, when you perfect this human-like gaze from another you know from an animatronic robot suddenly you might find yourself in a place where even if you're alone in a room with a robot you won't actually feel alone uh like you would you know with uh, a less um, sort of uh, geared in robot like that put yeah. it in a weird way does that make sense to you am yeah. i communicating no, that okay you're you're tapping into the idea of the the human shape and the human mm-hmm. movement and the philosophical uh like you mentioned the personhood being developed or established via the shape of a human mm-hmm. and 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 its movements and stuff and yeah this is definitely narrowing the gap between how machines move and how we move and how we perceive ourselves and how we perceive others but there's a i thought there was an interesting um a couple things one uh when we're just talking about robot gaze mm-hmm. it, for people that i mean people mentioned it in the chat here but uh, you know there's a there's a linguistic kind of neuro-linguistic programming there too totally with the idea of uh you know not not gaze as a you know a staring thing but the G-A-Y-S gaze. <laughs> I'm, I'm telling right. you, I'm telling you that's part of the, the control here because I think, I think there's something there. And secondly, you know, ever since in the last like decade, people talked about body movement and how you can read people's, you know, if they're telling the truth mm-hmm. based on if they're, if they have eye contact or not. Totally. And I think with that knowledge out there, people have become way more creepy about holding eye contact. I don't know if you've noticed that Basil, but like just in social interactions, people have just gotten way more like, I am going to stare at your eyes because I'm listening to you and just Mm, way overdo the eye contact. So, uh, I think there's, um, just to add on that real quick, just something that really bugs me. You know, you and I, through our, uh, you know, our, our research and trying to understand different brainwashing techniques and neuro-linguistic programming and stuff like that. Right. Uh, you know, I've kind of started to notice that stuff happening a lot with people. No, well, not recently. Cause I don't see a lot of human beings, <laughs> but in recent times, yeah. you know, it, once you're aware of these types of things, it really starts to bug you how yeah. much, 
how much people are like using these techniques on you yeah things like yeah the gaze you know unnatural i mean there's a there's a there's an aspect of eye contact that's natural and, right. and feels right. good uh, but then it gets real unnatural real quick and things like mirroring uh, uh-huh. like vocal mirroring where they'll like intentionally repeat the last three words of your sentence to like show you that they're listening. Right. <laughs> if somebody starts mirroring me, I it just drives me bonkers and I have to get out of there as soon as I can. Yeah. Um, so these robots, they're going to start, uh, they're going to start getting at it, but it's all part of this. Like they're trying so hard to get past the uncanny Valley mm-hmm. and to keep in mind for those who are paying attention to this sort of thing, the uncanny valley is act- so. For those who don't know, the uncanny valley is uh, can easily be, be described as like the weirdness of like a humanoid robot, but it, you can tell it's not human. But it's really, really looks human, but is acting a little weird, and it makes you feel well uncanny. It's it, and they purposefully create this uncanny valley. Um, because, you know, there's a lot of ethicists, robotic ethicists saying that we need to, you know, really purposefully make sure people know it's a robot and not a human. Um, but when Disney does something like this, it's like this intentional crossing of the uncanny valley to get to the other side, which is in a sense, in sort of a long-term robotic ethicist sense, kind of diabolical. Mm -hmm. Like, you're not supposed to cross the uncanny valley. That's the whole point. Right, right. Yeah, and it's, uh, uh, if you want to look somebody up, Dr. William Hurlbut, H-U-R-L-B-U-T. He was the, he's one of the ethicists who suggests that we don't create robots in the shape of humans. He's yeah. one of the guys that are out there saying, don't do it because it's, it's just not good for, you know, theologically, but neurologically even. Yeah. <laughs> it's not good for no, people. No, you'll so. start really messing with, it's not just nothing. I mean, you can really start messing, not just with society, but with like individual mental health. If you right. start crossing this, this divide too, uh, too effectively. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, of course there's connections uh with this specifically with like the uh boyfriend girlfriend robots you know oh yeah the the dolls and stuff like that where i'll pay attention uh, to you real hard (laughs) yeah i'll make this eye contact (laughs) real weird yeah (laughs) all um, right there you go uh that's our flippy update a creepy one i guess it's a little late for the for the creepy holiday there the Halloween. No, we just we just missed it. I know, I know, but it's okay. Uh, I did notice people mentioning the breaking story as we record this and and broadcast live here. Uh, mm. Vienna terrorist attack, at least two dead after shooting near synagogue in Australia. So we'll keep yeah. an eye on that as uh, things unfold there, and I'm sure uh, this week is a big week for some of these provocateurs of all types to you mm-hmm. know push all sorts of narratives. Uh, but are you know are just keeping an eye on that and letting you, letting our audience know that we we are noticing that that is coming. Do you in. see it? It is coming across my feed here. Yeah, yeah, big deal. So, all right, um, but we have to press on here and and do our thing as well. So we got a whole bunch of updates here to get through. We interrupt this broadcast to give you a brief update. By the end of this timely interruption, you will be thoroughly updated. Speaking of the beast system, beast, 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 beast system. 
not to be outdone by this winky robot, uh, <laughs> Sophia the robot tweeted out that over the week we received many questions. So Asha and I posted this video to tell you a little bit about the new role of Sophia 2020, and we are and how we are here to help. And Sophia here's a, 2020. Yeah, great. they're they're replicating as or if duplicating. 2020 couldn't get any worse. Yeah. So here's a few seconds of uh, Sophia and her new. I don't know, clone buddy Asha. Mm. Hey, I'm so excited to introduce my latest sister, Asha. Oh, hey, everybody. Nice to meet you. Mm. There's Asha. Asha is a great example of our latest robot development from Hanson Robotics called Sophia 2020. She's designed to help with science and engineering research and help people in uses like healthcare. And All look right, at that eye enough. contact. <laughs> I was going to say, they could probably use some uh, some updates yeah. or upgrades on their eyeballs. but I know, that's that uncanny valley that we love, folks. Yeah, and uh, both of these robots, the one that you mentioned in your Flippy update and Sophia, they have that camera across their chest. You can see the, mm -hmm. the little, you know, all the censoring and the, the cameras and stuff. I'm telling you, cameras, part of the, part of the all-seeing eye Yeah, part of the gaze. There. The gaze. Part of the case. Wow, you're so mean to the community. <laughs> oh, jeez. The, the letter community. Um, but yeah, there you go. I mean, and you know, the creepiest part about this little video is that in the background are like other heads oh, of yeah. like previous versions. And then there's like a guy version of a Sophia ish robot. So yeah, here they come. Here they come. Not to be outdone with your, you know, creepy eyeball robot. Yeah, see, there's there's extra skin hanging out there, Sophia. <laughs> they could know. have lent lent Disney some skin for that video. Yeah, come on. Yeah, no. <laughs> come on, man. Come on, man. All right. Uh, and we also have a, a couple 33 updates here. 33 Ooh. is the number of completion of the Great War. There's a bunch of 33 updates coming in in the email box, but uh, I chose just a couple of them. This one is from Bitcoin.com. Dutch police seize $33 million in Bitcoin from couple accused Whoa. of money laundering. So, hmm. uh, I mean, that's pretty much the story. There's 2,532 Bitcoins. Accused. Uh, accused of money laundering. Yeah. $33 billion? Million, million, million. I, I wrote billion, million in the document. Oh, okay. I meant million. Yeah. yeah. Sorry about that. But uh, yeah, there you go. $33 million. And maybe, yeah, it's not a good, <laughs> yeah, the dollar amount is always fluctuating. I wonder if they're like, oh, it hit $33 million. Let's arrest them. <laughs> Report now. Report now. Yeah. Uh, but that's about 2,532 Bitcoins. That's a lot and, of Bitcoin. Uh, that's a lot of Bitcoin. And, you know, Bitcoin's going to the moon. Keeps going up. Mm -hmm. It's pumping right now. So keep an eye on that. The other 33 update we have here is from NBCNews.com. GDP rose. At 33.1% annualized rate last quarter, but blowout figure is not what it seems. Oh. Yeah. Too wow, bad. Wow, 33.1. They almost got it. <laughs> know, almost so got close. it right on the nose. Exactly, so close. 33. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, so there you go. Uh, you know, just a couple numbers from the economy happened to land on the number 33. So keeping an eye on that. And then... Uh, you know, last week, or be, I guess before we uh, had our little break, we uh, we we, <laughs> we made a little bet, Basil, between what the, the <laughs> big announcement was going to be from NASA. Breakthrough announcement. Yeah. So what was that big announcement? This is PBS.org. Three questions after the discovery 
of water molecules on the sunlit moon. I thought we already knew there was water on the moon. <laughs> I thought so too. Why I thought is, the poles were like covered in ice or something. Yeah. Why, or had, they, they had found ice on the poles. Yeah. I mean, this one, it turned out to be even more mundane than my like, oh, they found some microbe or some, some kind of, uh, you know, virus, yeah. not a virus, but and a little th- bacteria. I thought it was playing it safe with my prediction that they are going to admit that the moon was hollow. I thought that was a boring and safe prediction. And no, you can never be outboard by NASA. No. They will outbore you. <laughs> oh my gosh. And I did see somewhere, and I haven't been able to verify this, but the crater where they found this alleged water was mm-hmm. the actual crater from Space Odyssey 2001 where they had they found the uh monolith in the movie oh it's like the same right. crater so I, I don't know if that means Ooh, anything wake up, sheeple yeah yeah i don't know if that's a uh, signaling going on but th- that was out there i don't again not verified just something i saw on the internet yeah. which means it's true by the way if you see it on the internet <laughs> something i saw on the internet <laughs> you know it's true uh so yeah wah 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 too bad not very much of an, an exciting announcement from well, nasa I'm sure we should have known he's excited we yeah. should have known and you uh know, yeah. we could it's so funny that they get so excited about water on the moon again saul de paul in the youtube chat said twice a year they find water on the moon which feels about right it doesn't sound like new news to me but you know we could just put some water on the moon they could just blast like a like a crystal geyser bottle up there and boom, there's water on the moon. No big deal. <laughs> yeah, maybe there's just like sweat beads that apparently was left behind from the astronauts and they're like, hey. Yo, that's that's not yeah, it could just be astronaut pee. Like it's just there. <laughs> it doesn't go anywhere. There's no like atmosphere, it just hangs out. Yeah. If the moon yeah. is even reachable, questionable. Yeah, buzz aldrin's little calling card he left yeah all right here is uh, a space pope reptilian update space pope reptilian. this is from alicia Ale- i don't know how to pronounce this alicia alate alatea a-l-e-t-e-i-a alatea alatea.org multi-faith complex to rise where pope and imam signed agreement and uh, this, uh, I'm not going to read the story, but uh, we've mentioned and reported on the document on human fraternity for world peace and living together that uh, happened on February 4th, 2019. And it's a document where Pope Francis and Grand Imam of Al Azhar Ahmed, uh, Mohammed Ahmed El Tayeb, affirmed the relationship between authentic religious teachings and peace and called for greater cooperation among faiths. And uh, the the ground was broken this year on the Abrahamic family house, a complex that includes a Christian church, a Muslim mosque, and a Jewish synagogue. And uh, so, yeah, there's a video here showing sort of the the outline of uh, what they plan to do there. But you know, I think it's interesting that the and we saw this with the um, the CERN ceremony. I don't know if you remember that the tunnel ceremony uh, mm-hmm. near CERN where the three Abrahamic faiths got together and they had the little you know, ceremony there and they're like, Hey, we're coming together, blah, blah, blah. And it, and it really does set up for a type of antichrist figure. And uh, that sort of brings the religions together, so to speak, you know, that, that uh, right. galvanizes the world as one, uh, all the religions as one, that kind of thing. If the three monotheistic faiths can come together 
and uh, be led by one single entity individual, then uh, then the world can follow suit. And, you know, if, if you can weave in an alien narrative in there or whatever it may be, <laughs> people can really just jump on board. So it's something to keep an eye on. But uh, I found it interesting that, uh, yeah, the, the, the grounds have been broken. They're going to put up this uh, three ma or three. Uh, what is it? Three system. Or three religious, three and three and one, three and one religious building. Yeah, and uh, and of course, when you think about the beasts and Revelation, there's different theories about what they are, but just something to keep an eye on. That you know, there's a, the three individual beasts, and then they come together to form the fourth beast. So just something to keep in mind there from Revelation Ooh. 13 of what might uh, we might be looking at here. Um. And uh, yeah, so there you go. Space Pope Reptilian. Bringing the world together, Basil. That's a good one. It is a big one. And a good one. And one more here. This one is a little bit more of a happy, happy moment, I guess you can say. I just found it very interesting. And uh, so I included it in here. Hallelujah. What a fluke. This is APNews.com. Dutch whale tail sculpture catches metro train. Did you see this, Basil? No, this is insane. It now, oh, it's crazy. Uh, so, uh, uh, basically, a metro train escaped injury when the front carriage rammed through the end of an elevated section of rails and was caught by a sculpture of a whale's tail near the Dutch port city of Rotterdam. So, uh, those of you watching on the screen, you can see the (laughs) the train. Yeah, landing so on the, the tail. train. Yeah, busted out off the tracks of an uh, you know an elevated uh, train track and was caught by a statue a whale of a whale tail. Wow, wow! Somebody said their prayers that day. I was gonna say, yeah. I mean, it's it's <laughs> this is like the most unusual story. I mean, I don't know. It's a hallelujah story. I don't think anybody got hurt. So yeah, that's great. Go. Yeah. So uh, thanks, you know, whale. Yeah, <laughs> thanks inanimate objects <laughs> whale in the shape of a whale i wonder if whoever designed it if they're alive they maybe they'll get an award yeah it's a safety feature not just an art installation <laughs> but also what is that train doing going going over the ledge there it's the dutch man it's the- <laughs> <don't>, what is that <laughs> supposed what, to mean i don't know what that means but Oh, there, there goes our Dutch listeners. They're all going to be no, upset. Oh, they, they, I don't know. I'm actually not sure if we've ever had any Dutch listeners. I'm it, sure we If have. you're Dutch in the chat, identify yourself. <laughs> okay. So there all you right. go. Well, Those are the updates. Speaking of the Dutch, I have a fun little uh, update for you. Speaking of the Dutch, really? <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of uh, international listeners. Okay. Let me, like see if anybody in chat. Nope. Okay, no, if you're not Dutch, you don't have to say you're not Dutch. Just if you are <laughs> Dutch, say you are Dutch. <laughs> okay. Um, so while you were gone last week, I spent some time. And, you know, we don't really pay attention to a lot of the traditional metrics that uh, a lot of podcasters like to pay attention to. Not because we're, you know, righteous, more righteous in any way. Uh, by not doing that, it just hasn't really served us in the past. and. 
you can really get distracted. You know, if you start paying attention too much to download numbers and your iTunes charts and things like that. But I had a little bit of time and I uh, checked out our charts. Now, this is from last week uh, because of baby week and my failure to do something on Friday. We have since uh, fallen. But uh, last week, one fun, notable chart placement we had was we were number 59 in the news category in Australia, Ooh. which is pretty impressive. Very cool. I mean, I was I was pretty impressed. You know, we're 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 just some little guys. You know, we're not supported now, especially considering you know every news channel, every mainstream established news company has podcasts now. Um, but yeah, we are number fifty nine on the charts in Australia, which I thought was impressive. Our Australia listeners really paying attention to us over there, getting our numbers up. Thank you very much, Australian listeners. Um, but then I saw this little update come across from Australia. And I didn't mean to make this a whole story, but it is pretty interesting. This is from news.com.au and is titled DFAT Updates Do Not Travel Warning for USA. And uh, if you're wondering what DFAT is, uh, it'll explain here in a second. With only a couple days before Americans head to the polls, Australians are being warned to steer clear of the USA. Mm. The Department of Foreign Affairs and Trade updated its advice, saying there was a potential for violence in the upcoming days and weeks. Foreign Minister's Maurice Payne's office said the warning against travel was already in place because of COVID-19, with similar warnings in place for all nations and the only change is a mention of the u.s election this week so uh booyah sorry australians they don't you know australia has already been having some of the worst covid19 crackdowns and government control experiments and things like that i really don't i i I'm praying for you, Australians. Uh, hold tight over there. You know, we had the videos of people's houses getting busted in and people getting arrested for making Facebook posts, all sorts of stuff like that. And this article goes through uh, and basically just talks about the election and how there's a big risk for uh, violence. But then at the end, it kind of gets into this uh, section here. The fear of significant unrest and widespread violence in the U.S. is increasing by the day with Walmart announcing it was removing all guns and ammunitions from its sales floors in a bid to stop looters ahead of Election Day. Now, keep in mind, Australia was one of these countries that has very strong uh, gun control laws. And in fact, they had a very widespread and effective gun buyback program a while back. Um, So, uh, you know, Australians, correct me if I'm wrong, but just from the perspective of the U.S., uh, Australia really is the example of what uh, many Americans are afraid of happening here in the U.S. So I thought it was interesting how they at the very end of this, you know, threat of violence, don't go to the U.S. They have this big, long section on uh, gun violence. Uh, Let me just read a couple of these. 
Quote, we have seen some isolated civil unrest, and as we have done on several occasions over the past few years, this is Walmart talking, we have moved our firearms and ammunition off the sales floor as a precaution for the safety of our associates and customers, a Walmart spokesman said. Retailers have been on edge after people earlier this year smashed windows, stole merchandise, and at at times set stores ablaze in Chicago, New York, Los Angeles, Portland, and other U.S. cities. And in another trend that has... Uh, fed concern gun sales in the united states this year have reached record highs and more first-time buyers have purchased firearms in recent months now keep in mind the looters and the rioters uh allegedly are the left who are in favor of very restrictive gun control and so why would they be worried about the left breaking in and looting and stealing the guns don't the does, don't the left want the if the if the left came in and stole the guns you know they would be responsible and would destroy <laughs> them and throw them in the river you know this they wouldn't even they probably wouldn't even touch the guns they can't stand them uh the article continues the nation's economy has tanked due to the pandemic no it's due to the uh lockdown due to the lockdowns the government enforced lockdowns tanked the economy not the pandemic unemployment has spiked social media is awash with hate and conspiracy theories creating a volatile rift that stretches through all sectors of u.s society oh my gosh this is in the travel warning (laughs) in the travel warning they're warning about social media don't even don't even traffic in american social media it's wild a poll released by suffolk suffolk university in usa today found three quarters of respondents were worried about the possibility of violence on election day in 2016 only 50 percent of voters were concerned about violence those are both extremely high numbers americans have been stocking up on weapons oh i love this part this is a real america uh, part of the <laughs> part of the thing <laughs> americans have been stocking up on weapons and military style tactical gear as fearful americans prepare to hunker down many gun shops have sold out of ammunition ammunition and firearm stocks are running low donald trump would be due to vacate the office by january if he loses but he appears to be ready Uh, already contesting the vote by saying the election is rigged and suggesting a mail-in ballots are fake, et cetera, et cetera. So they got to get a little bit of orange man bad in there at the end. But uh, (laughs) I just thought this is very entertaining. Uh, Don't go to America. They all got too much guns and tactical gear. (laughs) Well, also uh, as sort of a side thing, they should have put the uh, travel warning to Austria because that's where the first spark of violence has occurred this week That's the vienna terrorist the vienna terrorist attack Attacks, uh, yeah. austrian chancellor says shooting was a terrorist attack so now you know that there's uh propaganda behind it there yes uh, some attackers still mobile says interior minister police hunt for attackers not limited to vienna so now everybody gets scared because it's they're still at large apparently mm. but um yeah and you know this this story this kind of thing uh i what don't know is- what is yeah what does that have to i'm just curious i yeah. mean it's an awful thing i don't want terrorist attacks happening anywhere but uh do we know the nature of any of it i, I mean i heard there was i saw a video that had some gunshots yeah but you know here in america i'm used to the gunshots right. so that didn't, that <laughs> no, didn't I just, exactly read as terrorist attack immediately 
Well, uh, well, them, you know, the chancellor saying it's a terrorist attack suggests there's some kind of political situation going on there with uh, propaganda, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think it's just more of like scary thing, scary stuff happening now this week, you know. And I mean, shootings. Uh, unfortunately, a lot of shootings do happen around the world, but not all. Not all of them get picked up. And uh, I guess not all of them have this kind of impact. So yeah. I don't know yet. Well, we don't know because it's still a, a story that's unfolding. But, yeah. it, you know, it's just one of those things where. Uh, I, well, I th- and especially with the European Union and their. Uh, sorry, not the the uh, the Eurozone. Yeah. And they're they're doing some extreme lockdowns. So, right. of course, you know, this will be used as a stay in your house. Don't come out. Right. Citizen. Yeah, yeah, definitely be scared. And, and uh, which, by the way, it kind of along these lines here with Scary USA, I, my, I don't know if you mentioned it on the live stream. I think you did on one of them. But mm-hmm. uh, my, my parents' house uh, had to evacuate during the fires last week in Orange County. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, the, the joke was that, you know, Gavin Newsom is telling everybody to stay home because of the virus, but also evacuate because of the fire. <laughs> Yeah, that's funny. Yeah. But anyway, um, yeah, on, in terms Gavin. of uh, yeah, the, the gun stuff here, I, I thought there was an update that said that Walmart decided to put the guns back on the rack in no, the stores there. I don't know. So I don't know. Maybe that was something else. But Maybe they did. Maybe they realized that, yes, of course, good lefties would never steal the guns. <laughs> um, but there you go. That's the news from Australia. Yeah. Um, now, this leads in to the first uh, kind of collection of stuff I want to talk about here. Right. Are you good to keep going? Yeah. Let me, let me set it up uh, in the context of the name or the title of this episode, which is Natural Election. Yes. And it's sort of a play on words with natural selection. Obviously, you know, you know about natural selection, the, uh, the, the process whereby the, organisms the precursor better precursor of evolution. Yeah. Yes. The precursor of evolution, the process whereby organisms better adapted to their environment tend to survive and produce more offspring. The theory of its action was first fully expounded by Charles Darwin. And is now believed to be the main process that brings about evolution. Charles Darwin, the the man who had, had, uh, yes, child of a cultist and the man who had 10 children with his cousin. Yeah. Yeah. Good job. (laughs) Uh, So it was a play on that idea of natural selection and this, uh, you know, the survival of the fittest and the quote here that is pretty famous, Franklin D. Roosevelt, uh, presidents are selected, not elected. And so, yes. uh, you know, take it as you will, but I just thought it was a good play on words to, to show that uh, there is a kind of a survival of the fittest mentality in this country right now, in America yeah, anyway. Totally. And these elections, which a lot of people believe is just more of a selection campaign, uh, plays into yeah. that, plays into the and fear of the people and, and how they respond to the the great Hegelian dialectic of uh, problem totally. reaction solution there. So, uh, quick, yeah. Go quick ahead. update from Captain Frost in the YouTube chat. Walmart, yeah, put guns back shelf confirmed. Oh, okay. So there you go. There we go. Good we job. know. So there you go, lefties. Don't touch the guns. <laughs> Those. Yeah. Only, it's only for <laughs> save them for Antifa. Let the Antifa in. <laughs> Let them have the guns. Let them. We need them to fight the white supremacists. Out. Fill out a background check and just do it legally. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Next, that's going to be a, a, uh, <laughs> that's going to be a, a gun 
um, control talking point. You know, the, you know, there's the, uh, the gun show loophole, which doesn't exist. It was a made up thing. You can't buy a gun at a gun show without a background check. Right. But they talk about the gun show loophole or the private sale loophole. Well, now it's the robbing Walmart loophole. <laughs> you know, it's going to, it's going to be a, Hey, it's going to, you know, the company clear, they're going to step up and be like, Hey, you want a gun biometrics? Give us oh, all your yeah. biometrics. Oh, and here it is. Well, and there's some, uh, anyways, we're getting way off track here, but there's, there's some companies uh, working on building in biometrics into firearms. Right, now. right, right, so, right. I think we reported anyways. on that months ago, but. Months. Okay, let's get into this. Okay, so now for some election stuff. It's election time. Let's talk about some election stuff. This was floating around, but it's taking many forms uh, depending on the outlet uh, and who's talking about it. But uh, what I'm going to do, I'm going to read you a little bit of stuff here, and then I'm going to kind of give you my rundown. Um, and uh, this is regarding the what seems to be a 20 year strategy for the Republicans that is coming to a head this election. Um, but some of you may have heard some of these rumblings. I'm going to start with this uh, sort of shorter article. Well, it's kind of, kind of not short. I don't know. I'm going to jump around because we're a little limited on time. Um, but here we go. I'm going to start at ProPublica.org uh, just to give us a little bit of background. And the article is titled, Why Bush v. Gore Still Matters in 2020. Um, 20 years after the Supreme Court decision known as Bush v. Gore effectively decided a presidential election, it's back on the country's mind. President Donald Trump, who is lagging in the polls amid a surge in COVID-19 cases and refuses to commit to leaving office Blech. quietly. Oh, <laughs> ProPublica. I know this is already just so many little fact checks you could do on here, but okay. Uh, he's, uh, refuses to commit leaving office quietly. Should his bid for election fail? He has, or he said, has said he believes the Supreme court will intervene in the upcoming election to hand him a second term. He cited that role to justify rushing the confirmation of Amy Coney Barrett, who is sworn in as a justice on Monday and could potentially break a 4-4 tie. Lawyers representing the president's campaign and the Republican Party have taken to citing Bush v. Gore frequently in pre-election court filings. It's happened like twice. So, okay. And the case's echoes are only underscored by the presence of three justices, Chief Justice John Roberts, Barrett, and Brett Kavanaugh, each of whom worked for the Republicans in the 2000 ballot recount battles in Florida that culminated in the historic Supreme Court decision. Democrats got agitated this week when Kavanaugh, appointed by Trump in 2018, included a nearly pay a nearly, nearly pay Page long. Oh, no. It was almost a page long oh, disquisition. My gosh. Who has time? <laughs> Who has time? Can you to believe read that this uh, the <laughs> one of the highest uh, Justice Department seats in the country wrote almost a page <laughs> on Bush v. Gore in an opinion explaining his vote not to reinstate a six-day buffer after the election day for mail-in ballots, which are expected to lean heavily Democratic to arrive at election offices in Wisconsin. So this was regarding uh, they are trying to extend 
election day to election week. And uh, he came in and said, I don't think that's a very good idea. Um, however, opinions by Justices Samuel Alito and Neil Gorsuch appended uh, to Wednesday's decision when, you know, this is all, this is not what I want to talk about. Hold on. Let me go, go, go. Um, okay, here we go. This will be a little bit of background for those who might need a refresher. Um, what was Bush v. Gore? By the early morning hours of Election Day 2000, it was clear that the election contest between the Republican candidate George W. Bush and the Democrat Al Gore would come down to Florida's 25 electoral votes. With Bush up in the state by a very thin margin, Gore moved to have machine-tabulated ballots manually recounted. Weeks of legal wrangling ensued, with litigation ping-ponging around various Florida state courts, twice reaching the U.S. Supreme Court. Eventually, the Florida Supreme Court ordered a statewide manual recount, but offered little guidance to ballot counters other than that they had to discern the clear intent of the voter. Many Florida counties used punch card ballots card ballots at the time, and some Floridians failed to fully punch out the paper tab called the CHAD, leaving their votes unclear. Ooh, New phrases Chad. entered the American lexicon uh hanging chads was a big one dimpled chads and they don't uh, mention pregnant chads you know i was about 12 years old when this was happening uh and i remember vividly this whole mix-up were you paying attention you must have been in high school at i this was point. i was a junior in high school and i remember thinking yeah this is before knowing anything i remember thinking it's all a scam that, yeah, that was my yeah. take at 17. Every, this whole thing is a, everything's a scam government scam. Yeah. So I was totally. super woke even back then. With an important mid-December deadline approaching, Bush's lawyers asked the Supreme Court to intervene. Late on Tuesday, just hours ahead of the deadline, the court, by a 5-4 vote, put a stop to the Florida recount, all but declaring Bush the next president. In an unsigned opinion, five of the court's more conservative justices found that Florida Supreme Court's recount rules were vague and inconsistent, resulting, resulting in an arbitrary and disparate treatment of ballots. So, for example, counters in Miami Dade County might deem a particular hanging chad a vote for the president, while counters in Palm Beach County might not. The Constitution gives broad discretion to state legislatures to decide how to appoint the electors it sends to the Electoral College. The Bush v. Gore majority held that Florida recount procedures violated the Equal Protection Clause of the 14th Amendment to the U.S. Constitution, which requires that uh, the states not, quote, value one person's vote over that of another. On this point, there was broad agreement. Two justices from the court's liberal wing, Stephen Breyer and David Souter, largely agreed with the five conservatives. The question remained what to do about it. Souter and Breyer thought the U.S. Supreme Court should do what it would usually do and send the case back to the Florida Supreme Court with instructions for how to cure the problem. The five conservatives, however, decided that there wasn't enough time left to fix the recount process and complete it. Two decades later, their reasoning remains the subject of widespread criticism. The late Justice Antonin Scalia joined the majority opinion but privately called the equal protection rationale uh quiet privately called the equal protection rationale quote as we say in brooklyn <laughs> a piece of uh s-h-i-t dog duty 
dog duty. According to First, a well-regarded 2019 biography of retired Justice Sandra Day O'Connor, in essence, the majority read into an earlier Florida Supreme Court ruling the suggestion that the Florida legislator wanted uh, the vote to count finalized before the mid-December uh, mid deadline. Okay, so basically, uh, they were recounting and recounting and recounting, and nobody knew how to do it, so they sent it to the Supreme Court, and uh, finally, the Supreme Court said, nah, okay, you're just done. You Just whatever numbers you have, that's what it is, and uh, that's how Bush won the election. Now, there's some very interesting characters who uh, participated in that whole process. Of course, both Bush and Gore had uh, lots of legal uh, people, uh, lawyers and law firms and people involved in uh, sort of navigating this whole thing with the courts. And I'm going to jump over to an article from CNN. And yes, I know it's CNN. It's, it's we're, we're just taking it. There's, this is all over the place. Um, but it's interesting to see how it's framed from different uh, perspectives here. So um, they give a little background on the Florida thing that I just gave you the background. And then they go into this. They start talking about the three who assisted Bush. Number one is Chief Justice John Roberts. He is a current uh, Supreme Court judge. Roberts flew to Florida in November 2000 to assist Bush's legal team. This was before he was on the Supreme Court. He helped prepare the lawyer who presented Bush's case to the Florida State Supreme Court and offered advice throughout. Roberts also faced a singular personal challenge. Uh, he had a baby at the time. Uh, after Bush became president, he nominated Roberts to the Supreme Court of Appeals for the D.C. Circuit, etc., etc., eventually uh, landing in a Supreme Court um, position. So you have Chief Justice Roberts who helped Bush uh, win the election. He was ba basically, I'm going to be describing some henchmen, some boots on the ground help that uh, won Bush the election and who then became Supreme Court justices. That's uh, Justice John Roberts was the first one. The second one was Justice Brett Kavanaugh. He was also in private practice in 2000 and helped the Bush legal team. He wrote on a 2018 Senate questionnaire that his work related to recounts in Volusia County, Florida. In an interview with CNN in Washington, after the justices had heard oral arguments, but before they ruled, Kavanaugh said the justices were concerned about the arbitrary, standardless nature of the recount process in Florida. He dismissed a question about political differences, saying, I don't think the justices care if it's Bush v. Gore or if it, Gore, <laughs> or if it were Gore v. Bush, which I don't know what that means but okay <laughs> what they care about is how to interpret the constitution etc etc so brett kavanaugh back in 2000 played a big role in getting bush elected through this recount problem and of course the last one our new supreme court judge amy coney barrett barrett wrote on a questionnaire she submitted to the senate for her supreme court confirmation review one significant case on which i provided research and briefing assistance was bush v gore she said the law firm where she was working at the time represented bush and that she had gone down to florida for about a week at the outset of the litigation when the dispute was in the florida courts she had uh, she said she had not continued on the case after she returned 
return to Washington. During her hearings this week, she told senators she could not recall specifics of her involvement. And then they have a couple quotes there. So basically, sitting on the Supreme Court right now, you have three of the uh, of this I don't know foot soldiers who helped get Bush elected uh, through the Florida lawsuits, and yeah. this obviously Judge Roberts was rewarded for his work. Uh, by Bush, who made him a Supreme Court judge. Yeah. And then it seems as though when you consider that, uh, you know, the very next Republican president, Trump, puts both Kavanaugh and Amy Coney Barrett. Now, here's the thing. I, I, I'm stoked about, well, I'm, I'm indifferent mainly, but, you know, I, I will say, actually, I'm stoked that, uh, you know, Trump could put a woman on the court. I'm pretty indifferent uh, for a lot of reasons about Amy Coney Barrett, but you got to admit, you know, she's only been a judge since 2017. So if you look, if you were looking at a resume, uh, you know, you would probably have a couple people before her, but she made it in. That's a, a big win for conservatives in this country. But what you have is uh, now a conservative uh, majority in the Supreme Court, and three of them seem to have been specifically rewarded for getting Bush through in the recount, the Florida recounts in 2000 uh, by being put on the Supreme court. And I think this is a 20 year strategy for Republicans coming to a head where now, you know, they we've all known for at least a year or more uh, that this election was going to end up going to the courts. We're all expecting it to go to the courts this time. Uh, you know, eh, admittedly, Trump has <laughs> flat out said he's going to take it to the courts if he doesn't win. Uh, for, you know, and his reasoning makes sense. But uh, he obviously is not afraid of bringing it to the courts because they'll push it all the way up to the Supreme Court with a conservative um uh, a conservative uh, majority, two of which were put in specifically by Trump uh, with their activity on the Bush-Gore uh, Florida recount being cited, and uh, Chief Justice Roberts, who was immediately rewarded by putting on the being put on the Supreme Court as a reward for working on the Florida recounts. Yeah. So uh, I, I gotta say. This seems like a genius 20-year plan coming to a head that is going to pay off for the Republicans. Well, if, uh, if Trump is the genius that people, some people claim him to be, or his team, it would make sense to look at the last time there was any kind of controversy in an election and, and get the people on his side. And he did yeah. a good job of setting that up. Uh, and ad I will say, admittedly, I, I want to let you continue, but sure. admittedly, you know, I see some people talking about it in the chat. Uh, Roberts has been uh, what is referred to as a rhino, which is a left leaning Republican. Yeah. Um, but uh, he's not going to betray the party in a case like this. You yeah. know, he does sort of flip flop occasionally on what's what are considered, you know, partisan divides. Uh, but. If it comes down to uh, betraying his party or 
you know, whatever. When it comes to a presidential uh, confirmation, I mean, I don't think him being a rhino is going to make any difference. Yeah, yeah, and uh, you got to remember, Trump was a Democrat for most of his yeah career he was too. A reg- so it's- registered Democrat yeah. up until like <laughs> a couple of years before he ran. Yeah, it was a PR move to go Republican for sure yeah. to ride that 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 uh, train of you know really disgruntled Americans and the working class and all that. Um, but yeah, I think I, I think this is of course a smart move. And uh, knowing that this election was going to be crazy shaky anyway, most most people, you know, we, we all saw it. We all knew it was going to be chaotic. It's probably going to be. I'm, you know, really, there's a lot of people fearful right now, but I'm more like, uh, let's just watch for the amount of disinformation and and just the contradictory reporting that's going to come out. You know, there, there was somebody saying that Trump's going to, declare victory early or something and uh, i don't know if you denied it a lot yeah you're hearing it a lot and i'm sure outlets like cnn and msnbc whatever these like mainstream lefty outlets are just not gonna let it go until he's you know re-inaugurated in in january or whatever the 70 what is it 80 days between election and that date or whatever whatever it is i can't remember the exact number 79 days 79 days yeah uh yeah it's gonna be madness i mean it was madness last time with the russia gate and all that stuff it's gonna be even more i think crazy and this is where it's not so much the chaos on the streets the asian provocateurs uh this week but these next like three months or two months two and a half months whatever it is and that's that's really more of the fear here but in the case of you know, and that's the thing. And the reason why we say it's all, you know, the perspective of presidents being elected, not selected, you yeah. know, yes, votes kind of count in a way, but also you're very limited on who you can vote for. So you're voting in a box, you know, you're not really voting yeah. a true, it's not a true free open voting system. And, you know, there's a system built there. Uh, as uh, a constitutional republic and uh, I, know, I know no agendas pointed out but i think it's worth mentioning that we do live in a constitutional republic and when people Not say we live democracy. in a de- yeah people say we live in a democracy well democracy is a is a philosophical ideology it's not a, a, yeah. a form of well, governance And anybody who knows what they're talking about knows that a true democracy, a majority democracy is actually the worst. Oh, it's horrible. uh, Yeah. The, the worst way to govern. And uh, I forget who said this. I think I heard it on no agenda, but I forget who mentioned it, but uh, the, uh, if you want an an example of a majority democracy, that's a lynch mob. And that's why we're not a majority democracy. What's a lynch mob? You got one guy, you got a crowd of people who want to lynch one guy. That's majority rule. And uh, it doesn't matter if the guy is innocent or not. Uh, If majority rules, the lynch mob is going to lynch him. Right. And that's, that's majority rule. And that's why we don't have majority rule. Now, don't get me started on the electoral college. I've really yeah, switched no, on it's, that. It's, um, it's not the I, best system for sure. Well, and it's, I actually kind of switched on it. You did? I, you I'm, think it's a I'm good system? I'm actually kind of pumped on the electoral college <laughs> now. I've really flip-flopped on that over the four years. Yeah. Um, but there's one, one more thing I want to say, and we do have to move on to the next story. Um, but... Uh, uh, 
I do want to mention there was, um, there was a point brought up to me recently that I just wanted to share because it really kind of changed my perspective on the past four years. And it's changed my perspective on what we're looking at, uh, you know, whatever happens in the election. Mm-hmm. And that is, you know, over the past four years, the media versus Trump, you know, mm-hmm. it's been a, they're at, at each other's throats. It's the biggest, you know, it's the story yeah. is the biggest thing, you know, just media versus the presidency media versus the government. And it's really frustrating to everybody and it gets wild and it gets ridiculous and, you know, just everything, the media versus the president. Right. Um, But looking forward, and I consider the possibility of Biden winning, where suddenly it goes media versus the government to media and the government agreeing and loving each other too much. Mm. And the beautiful golden opportunity that we've had, as frustrating and as maddening as it can be over the past four years with the government and the media at at each other's throats and admittedly exaggerating lying both of them mm-hmm. about each other yeah but what what's more terrifying than a media and a government at each other's throats it's a media and a government who love each other right i mean that's tyranny can you imagine <laughs> yeah. if if both the government and the media just love each other so much and they start agreeing on everything and suddenly, you know, our, our news feeds are filled with just how great the government is no matter what they do. You know, right now is kind of how it should be in a way in that, you know, I don't want my media and my government to agree That's where you get tyranny. That's where you get uh, Soviet Russia. That's where you get, you know, state controlled everything and there's no escape from it. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. If Biden wins and suddenly the media and the government are in league with each other and actually start start cooperating, none of us have any chance. Yeah, I will. I will take the press in a death match with the government 100% every time given the choice. Yeah. And, and it's somebody mentioned it in the chat, the Smith Mund modernization act, which legalized propaganda in the United States. And the point that that has to be made there is if Trump really truly cared about, you know, ending the fake news or whatever, he would have reached, you know, he would have turned that around and made propaganda at least like overt propaganda illegal in this country again, or at least mm-hmm. uh, foreign propaganda illegal yeah. in this country, but he didn't. So he, I think he's using it to his advantage for his, you know, his campaigning, but also you got to keep in mind, you bring up a good point because, you know, right now we're, we're all in the moment, you know, tomorrow's the election. What's going to happen? Chaos on the streets, the dark winter, you know, all that kind of stuff. Uh, but you look down, I mean, four years is not that long as I get older too. I'm like, realizing how fast four years goes by and um and four years from now it's unlikely that a republican is going to to take the presidency it's more likely that a democrat will just because of the way they swing the pendulum back and forth and you know they might find yeah we'll see i don't know how it's going to happen because democrats thing is the hard thing yeah yeah the, the the democratic party have have gotten so you know socialist you know left whatever that it might it might turn. Who knows? Maybe a third party can. We 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 don't know. But if we're seeing uh, historical trends, then it will go in that direction where where you know uh, a Democrat gets in, a liberal, a leftist, whatever. 
and you have uh you know eight years of trump and restoring america and in one fell swoop some guy's gonna come in and boom we have uh everything back to where it was or even worse probably and then you have that love affair between the media and government that you so uh, well, that's what Obama was. I right. mean, the Obama era was Obama could do no wrong. The media loves Obama. Yeah. And yeah, at the time, people who bought into it were like, oh my gosh, he's the perfect president. We're so yeah. happy. Yeah. And it's only after he gets out that you realize, oh my gosh, he was the one who started putting kids in cages. He was <laughs> bombing weddings. You know, he was drone happy. He was doing all this horrible stuff that- I will say I am happy to report a lot of my millennial peers, even those who are diehard Democrats are, uh, you know, they'll even talk to me. They're like, oh, wow, we I used to we used to have our Obama portrait up in our house and we had to take it down. We just learned about all of it. We can't stand it. Yeah, they an Obama portrait. Who are your friends, man? You need. Need to. T- I have peers, man. I got. I'm a millennial. I have millennial you know, dem- Democrat peers. I will say that's you know it's a good again a good point you bring up because you, you see I've seen a lot of uh, waking up in the last four years or even more than maybe the last ten years where a lot of people that were like tone the line of the the Republican Party and they're all about you know Bush they're all about uh, anything Republican conservative. Even they have kind of shaken out of like, oh, hey, maybe there's a lot totally. of corruption here. But see, the problem is, and, I, and I've noticed this a lot with like more of your normie folk, that they they just go the other direction. They're like, oh, the now the Republicans are evil. We must vote Democrat. And it's like, no, no, no. That's not the. That's really yeah. missing the point too. So maybe in the I next am- four years we we have a, a deeper awakening where we can. You know, we the Libertarian Party can rise in America or something. I don't know. <laughs> something where Basil will get stoked and he's, you know, Mad Maxing it all the way to the, no, the pole. Yeah, we'll go back. <laughs> uh, we'll devolve into post-apocalyptic apocalyptic, uh, micro-communities <laughs> and I can become a warlord. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I mentioned that, right? I was talking to my LibJo guy and he... Uh, my my buddy, for those who need a, a, a refresher, I have a, a very good, oh, I wouldn't say very good, we're, we've been friends for a long time. We've known each other since middle school. He has since uh, gone off to be a, a, li- a very liberal journalist and kind of kind of high level. I mean, he, I don't think I don't think he's like in the level of. Uh, you know, the elite level, but he's made a good career for himself. Has he been to and, Bohemian uh, Grove? That's the question. If he's been to Bohemian <laughs> no, Grove, no, no. he's, he's not at that level. He's okay. too young. You know, you got to be a certain age All to right. make it into the real elite club. But, True. you know, if he keeps doing his job, he might make it there. Um, but uh, we were just talking and uh, he's one of these folks who's kind of waking up. He's like, yeah, I hate the Democrat Party, but I have to vote against trump you know this yeah, one of these see, guys yeah, is waking yeah. up but has to vote against trump right and uh, i told him like <laughs> well you know i just want it all to turn into post-apocalyptic you know i want to be a warlord man i just need to fulfill my destiny and like rule the wasteland and he's like you know d- us democrats have a a name for people like you you're <laughs> you're an accelerationist <laughs> And uh, yeah, I guess it's the whole thing. You're uh, wow. you're an accelerationist because you just want society to collapse and you can become a warlord in the desert. 
They, they have a label like, for everything, don't they? I know. I was like, wow, that's a great, that's a great warlord name. <laughs> Basil the Accelerationist. Especially, Join the you know, Accelerationist party. <laughs> yeah. Let's tear this thing down. Let yeah. it burn. And I see... I see a couple of people saying I need new friends and you know what? I no, I'm going to no, push back against that. I don't it's think good. So. I'm happy to be in a place where I can have long-term friends and we can disagree about everything, but we yeah. don't have to hate each other about it. That's yeah. the whole point here. Yeah, people. That's the whole point of life. We have diametrically opposed ideas about what should be happening. And the media wants us to not be friends and to hate each other. Uh, but we can still be friends and disagree with each other. I recommend giving it a try sometime folks. WWJD folks. <laughs> folks. <laughs> we can't, we got to stop saying folks. That's well, a Democrat word. Oh, is it? Oh, sorry. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> you people. WWJD. All right. Um, you people. You people. Uh, and people asking uh, Joe Jorgensen, who is she? Uh, she's the libertarian candidate for this election. I retweeted a tweet of hers uh, recently and I liked it a lot. Yeah. She was, she was uh, pro I Bitcoin. I actually don't know much. I have not paid much attention to her at all just because how could you? Yeah. Uh, how could you? When you're just inundated with Biden versus Trump. Um, but she was talking about how she gets asked who the worst president uh, is or has been and uh, she says not by it's not obama it's not trump it's woodrow wilson mm. um and goes into the fact that it was woodrow wilson that uh established the 16th amendment which was federal income tax and the federal reserve right. act See? and it was woodrow wilson that uh just did all this horrible stuff i know um i know and which it is an interesting uh, detail for me because I've actually, I was on a, a mountain climbing trip one time and I, we just randomly climbed this little mountain. It was in between big mountains. Uh, we were doing Mount Gannett in, uh, I think, Wyoming. And there's a little peak near there called Wood, Mount Woodrow Wilson. And we climbed Mount Woodrow Wilson. So um, it's very small <laughs> mountain. <laughs> That's just a fun little detail. It was a hill, more of a hill. Than yeah, a it was a hill. Yeah, um, yeah we got to get moving here, but a good conversation overall. I think people are uh, learning, but also having you know uh, insight into how we think about these issues. And it's not so one-sided. You know, I know it's so easy to just jump on a bandwagon. And uh, and I, you know, I will say I was I was somewhat glad to see a lot of American flags in my neighborhood. I saw one Trump flag. But a mm -hmm. lot of American flags on people's porches, and and it's interesting how in the time we live in now in Orange County where I'm at, an American flag means you're Republican. <laughs> I know, isn't that wild? <laughs> it's just a wild time to live in. It's um, wild. But you know, they they all want it. They want the new age. We will launch a new age. And uh, this story here, uh, I think, goes into the uh, the topic that we touch on this this thread that we've been looking at with technology and how it affects elections. There hasn't been too many conversations about that. It's all about, you know, uh, lots of legislations about, uh, you know, different topics that are here and now, uh, but we're looking, we're, we're watchmen. We're kind of looking over the hill of what's coming up and there hadn't been too many people talking about it, but this one article actually did touch on some of it. So I wanted to share it with you. This is from Forbes.com. I'll keep you warm and safe in my people's zoo. 
And this is titled 2020 is America's high tech election. And it says here, everyone has been calling this presidential. Oh, I lost my spot here. Hold on. Let me zoom out. Elect, uh, everyone has been calling this presidential election historic, but it may be historic for another reason that the pundits and the media are missing. In 2020, we have reached a tipping point in determining how and where America will face the challenge of winning the high-tech frontier and building its leadership in the technologies that will shape the 21st century. Whoever leads the next administration will be duty-bound to make sure these advanced technologies work to America's favor and serve our national interests as well as the interests of our allies. Interesting way of putting it there, Forbes. In the end, what's at stake is ensuring that the technologies that power our world and that will shape uh, future worlds serve the cause of freedom and not tyranny. Above all, that means making sure the U.S. and its allies and not China win that big or uh, high-tech war for the future. At the basic level, that means making sure the industry that produces the microchips that power every digital device in our country i.e. the American semiconductor industry, has the support it needs to regain and maintain its lead in chip manufacturing and innovation, not China. Semiconductor Hmm. chips are a strategic asset which America needs to protect and reshore in order to protect our digital future. The other crucial power source for winning is artificial intelligence, AI. As we've noted in previous columns, for China, AI has become a tool for social control and political oppression. For America and the West, AI and machine learning need to be tools for empowering freedom and innovation from virtual reality devices to driverless cars, but also tools for protecting our national security assets and serving our defense needs by making systems smarter, faster, cheaper, and more efficient. The key to AI is data. The more, the better. Who has Mm. access to that data and what they do with it is one of the most important emerging issues on the high-tech frontier. The TikTok case proves how critical it is to prevent China's communist rulers from gaining access to our data, restricting the export of data to unsecure platforms and untrusted end users will be an important ingredient in shaping our national digital policy. The biggest impact data will have a strategic commodity. uh, The biggest impact data will have as a strategic commodity. What am I reading that weird? The biggest impact data will have as a strategic commodity will be through 5G wireless technology. The winner of this year's uh, election will need to keep rolling back China's bid for global 5G domination through its tech-stalking horse, Huawei. We also need to offer allies and others a robust and resilient 5G alternative, particularly one that will serve the broadest user base at the lowest possible cost. The real hinge of 21st century technology, however, will be quantum. Future quantum computers will be powerful tools for good, including quickly finding cures for diseases and understanding our universe. But they can also be tools for breaking down the encryption systems that secure our banks, financial markets, and the energy grid. Allowing China to take the lead in quantum technology will put us and our allies in serious danger. We will probably have no more than one or two years to start making our digital networks, including 5G, resilient to quantum intrusion the next quantum intrusion (laughs) the next administration must act forcefully to prevent a quantum winter wait read that again the next administration must act forcefully 
act forcefully to prevent a quantum winter in our new future. I mean, come on, man. That is, come on, man. Come on, man. It's not a dark winter. Don't be so forceful, next administration. (laughs) It's not a dark winter. It's a quantum winter. Quantum winter. (laughs) Wow. That would have really been a a shoo-in for a show title. (laughs) I know it would have been, but uh, here we are. Finally, this election may decide the uh, the fate of big tech itself. The question is whether Amazon, Google, Facebook, and Twitter command a market power that's been earned and serves liberty and the public interest, or whether they form a de facto monopoly, uh, they already have, that imposes its own values, they already do, and suppresses alternative visions, which they already do. Recently, there's been a big loss in public confidence in the integrity of big tech, especially for Twitter, which has been branded as the chief offender. Really? They're they're the chief offender? I don't know. All these companies are at a crossroads in public perception. The next administration, whether Republican or Democrat, will be proposing policies they won't like to fix a problem they too long dismissed or ignored. At the same time, these companies will be indispensable to winning the high-tech war with China. Navigating between these two policy goals reigning in big tech's power while also recruiting their skills and resources will be one of the supreme challenges for strategists and lawmakers after this election the trump administration's uh trump administration had made great strides on winning the high-tech frontier its series of ai summits its 2018 national strategic overview of quantum information science and the national quantum initiative its pushback on huawei which we've chronicled here uh have been crucial in leading the way americans must make sure the occupants of the oval office next january continues that effort including boosting our made-in-USA semiconductor industrial network. The pundits keep telling us how much November 3rd matters for, the, uh, for America's future. They are right in even more ways than they realize. So there you go. Arthur Herman, the man who probably listens to the show and uh, decided to <laughs> <laughs> pen something for Forbes. Which Quantum sadly, Winter sounds like a, a new 007 film. Yeah, yeah. Which, uh, yeah, rest in peace, Sean Connery, eh? Oh, yeah. Yeah. He's 90. Oh, yeah. He lived a full he's life. He's an old, old man. <laughs> yeah, he's an old man. But uh, there you go. I mean, I think he's right on a lot of fronts, although he's super, like, anti-China, which, mm-hmm. uh, which is interesting. I think it almost sounds like he's a Trump supporter without saying it, you know? Right. Um, but that, that these are the, the issues of concern that we just don't hear about in politics, which... Uh, if we have any kind of true open conversation about the future of where we are going, then these are the issues, you know, 5g quantum, all the high tech stuff, AI, it's already yeah, affecting it's, us. It's so interesting too, how they're, they're either ignored by the mainstream or, you know, you'll get some sort of, uh, you know, pro technocrat coming on talking about right. how they're going to save us. Yeah, exactly. And because they're already using it. It's, it's yeah. you know, he, the, the article talked about the big tech companies, but they're already using a lot of the technology uh, to, to have an, a, a biased uh, psychological manipulation approach to society. Yeah. So why would they want policy to restrict that or to at least keep it in check? And we, we just don't right now. And so that's well, why we have all, this, all these problems. Yeah, well, and they made the point there, you know, about the big tech just sort of running rampant right now. Yeah. I mean, there's some very soft 
gloved uh, attempts right now to try to keep them in check, but really not working very well. No. Yeah. And some of our colleagues uh, put together a lawsuit against Google and YouTube for Mm -hmm. taking down their channels. And I wish them luck, but uh, man, it's just so hard. It's hard to say that it's going to do anything because all YouTube has to do is like after the election, they just give them back their channels and then, hey, the lawyers made off with a couple hundred grand and everyone's on their way. Lawyers, man. Yeah, I know. Lawyers, man. Yep. Lawyers, man. All right. So let's take a quick break. We're running short on time here. Yeah, we are here. I'm uh, just putting one last little thing. Yeah, I'm ready. It's break time. Let's do it. Okay, everybody. Here's the thing. We're just going to take a really quick break, but don't go anywhere because, uh, you know, if time serves after the break, we got a couple things to talk about. We got a little, uh, who is this? Ooh, Four Horsemen, Elon Musk update. Some big things happening over there with Elon we got to pay attention to. And then uh, if uh, Lord Willen and the Creek don't rise, we got a Nephilim update as well. I was seeing some people in the chat mentioning uh, we have not heard an update from uh, Zoltan Istvan, our favorite uh, cyborg um, politician, recently. Have you seen anything from him? I did a quick search. I have not. I couldn't find any uh, new news. I haven't either. I, the last I heard, he was being uh, uh, <laughs> people were going after him because he went surfing during the lockdown. Oh yeah, that was the last we heard of him, wasn't it? <laughs> oh no, maybe they deactivated him. <laughs> they deactivated Zoltan. Hope you're okay, Zoltan. Oh no. Yeah. Oh no, you can't go swimming with those cyborg parts. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, uh, thank you everybody for sticking with us. Thanks for supporting us both emotionally and uh, with your producership. While Gons was off uh, having a baby, and well, my uh, wife. I, I, was I didn't do much. You will learn the the male species uh, does very little to contribute you did to the something. You I, did, I did something. something. You're right, but I'm I, not going to get in into the it. Actual I'm going to let, process let of the birth. listeners explain that to their children themselves. <laughs> That's not my place. But um, yeah, so thank you so much for continued support of the show with your producership, and uh, we want to take some time and thank some of our producers and uh, producers. If you're new to the show, you might be thinking, oh, there's producers? What the heck is going on here? Well, let me tell you, because we're on the value for value model. That's right, folks. You may notice that we did not spend the first 10 minutes of the show uh, reading advertisements and tr- giving out affiliate links for, uh, well, anything. And that's on purpose because the way the world is going right now with big data, the advertising industry, well, that's something I like to call global theology. That's advertising. And it's all wrapped up in uh, economics and big data and privacy concerns, all sorts of problems. And it also incentivizes uh, content producers like Gons and I to consider you, dear listener, as not a human being with uh, a life and emotions and thoughts of your own but as a number 
as a commodity, that's right, as cattle to be loaded up on a truck and sold uh, to a big corporation for our own personal gain. We're incentivized, motivated to, uh, to gain your trust and your attention and sell it to big corporations for our own personal gain. And we just don't think that's a very good idea. Uh, we believe that that's kind of what's wrong with the world today. If not directly responsible for some of the evils going on, it is a at least, uh, you know, indirectly responsible for all sorts of bad things going on, but much, <laughs> much uh, more important things than just us taking a few minutes out of our show to sell you Swiffer wet jets. Um, but because of this, we now subscribe to the value for value model. That's right. It respects you and gives you an opportunity to invest in your own media future. This is your chance uh, to either continue being advertised to, commoditized, deprivatized, and sold uh, so you can, uh, you know, watch a free something or other, or you have the opportunity to, uh, when something gives your life value, you can turn around and put some value back into that thing. It's a rebellion against the global theology of advertising and taking advantage of uh, people just trying to get media that serves them. And we sure hope that uh, this media serves you. And uh, we are going to thank some people who have decided that this show is worth keeping around because uh, really, it's our producers that are the only people keeping this show running let me tell you what and uh um yeah so let's do that there's and it, you you are a producer that's what it is it's this is the real life folks you're not just a donor you're not just uh you know being given out a couple bucks or whatever whatever the show is worth to you uh you have the opportunity to put it back into the show keep the show going keep it growing and keep on uh keep on trucking here so I will say the first way that you can become a producer of the show is by going to patreon.com slash CCNT for Canary Cry News Talk. Patreon.com slash CCNT. Um, I am both happy and sad to announce. Uh, sad because it's sad and happy because the show goes quicker. Um, there are no new producers on the Patreon to report gonzo yeah. um yeah so but that's okay because patreon.com slash ccnt is not the only way to support the show in fact one of the best ways to do that is by going to canarycryradio.com slash support canarycryradio.com slash support that's right. Canarycryradio.com slash support. Uh, there's PayPal options there. You can come in with a, a monthly producership, or if commitment is not your thing, you can uh, give a one-time producership in any amount. There's also cryptocurrency options and all sorts of fun stuff like that. And uh, I do, again, want to thank the producers who came in during Baby Week last week, um, both uh, supporting the show and supporting that new little mouth to feed over there, Gons. Um, I'm thinking, what do you want to do? Do you want to just take all these? Should we split them? What do you think? Uh, we can just go through these. I mean, I'll, I'll take them. I'll take okay. the, uh, Let's the whole do it. brunt here because there's a good handful. Thank you all the recurring supporters uh, that have used the PayPal. And uh, there's a couple new recurring, so we'll get to you here. 
Um, let's see. Uh, first off, Nico. Thank you, Nico. Producer Nico. Thank you very much. Coming in as uh, with the PayPal support. Next up, producer Steve. Thank you, Steve. Thank you, producer Steve. Very generous. Yes, and I don't know if he goes by Steven, but uh, if he does, Steven. <laughs> thank you for that, um, producer Jean Pierre. Ooh, producer Jean Pierre. Thank and you very much. He had a note. I love the show, except this small gift from uh, what is that? JP. Yeah, Jean-Pierre at maninforesthill.com. So there you huh. go, maninforesthill.com. Check it out. That's one of our producers. Uh, next up, Zero Sum Records. Ooh. Yeah, record companies getting in there. So, yeah, uh, that's cool. I think they've uh, produced before, but thank you very much. Producer Zero Sum Records. Yep, Google it. Uh, thank you for that. Next up, producer Cynthia. Thank you very much, Cynthia. Thank you, producer Cynthia. And she has a note here. 50 to Monty and 50 to the baby. God oh, bless Exo. So yeah, half of it goes to you. Uh, uh, although, it goes to my cat, my ailing cat. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, just, just as important are the cats as newborn humans. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so thank you, Cynthia. Very generous. We appreciate it. Uh, next up, we have... I love this. Vladimir coming in with the $33. Ooh, the 33 producership. Thank you very much, Vladimir. Do you think that's how you actually spell it? Or do you think that's like a... Vladimir. Yeah, Vladimir. I don't know. Uh, I don't know. I don't know anything about it. But thank you, producer Vladimir. Yeah. Very cool. It took me a second to get the name right, but but there you go. Yeah, this is the first time I'm looking at it. Yeah. That's something else. Yep, something else. <laughs> All right. Next up, thank you, producer Tristan. Coming in. Thank you very much, uh, producer Tristan. Yep. Uh, next up, well, we have a lot of them. I apologize. We're going through this quickly, but there's this a, is a couple. Handful. This is a whole week's yeah, worth. Yeah, week's here. worth. So uh, this one was from producer Vicky. Thank you, producer Vicky. Thank you, producer Vicky. And producer Vicky coming in. With $10.28, that's to uh, give homage to the 1028. The, it's the Kazo uh, birthday, Kezo uh, birthday producership. Which, uh, after we go through this list, I'll give you a couple in- interesting factoids about October 28th mm-hmm. uh, for all the listening members out there. Uh, so thank you, Vicky. Uh, next up, Adam. Thank you very much, producer Adam. Thank you, producer Adam. And that's a $10.28 uh, support there. Congratulations, Gons. Hope everything goes well for you and your family. Many are praying for y'all. Guesses for your Twitch name. Okay, so by the way, so I was oh, in the yeah. Twitch chat for Basil's live stream, and uh, I did not give it away. I didn't give away who I was. Mm-hmm. So uh, his guess, number one, I'm Shredda. And mm-hmm. guess number two, Chuck Fighter one, I think. Mm-hmm. And guess number three is Q2V8A9I9. <laughs> And uh, I'm sorry, Adam, none of those are correct. None of those were correct. None of he those did, were correct. Uh, I did see him in the chat. He does have a third guess. Um, or a fourth one? Uh, yes, a there. fourth guess. Uh, okay. It's an unofficial guess, but not a whole lot of people made a guess. Okay. Um, he, he did, I forget what exactly it was. It was like DJ Peace. Mm, no. 
Oh, dang. I thought nope. that was it, too. Yeah. Because DJ Peace came in and thanked me for coming to work. Oh. It was very suspicious. Ah. Yeah. yeah. But nope, not it. Okay. Nice try, though. Keep trying. And I, it's going to be harder for me to be in there <laughs> while I'm doing the show. <laughs> are you going to keep uh, it secret? Are we not? Are we not? I yeah. guess that you would need to make another secret account. If that I, was I'll case. have to secretly be chatting in there while I do the show. So, but if somebody be, if somebody guesses it, though, you have to give yeah, it. Yeah, if somebody guesses it, I'll I'll give myself up. So, okay, yeah, All right. keep trying. Next up, producer Hannah. Thank you, producer Hannah. Thank you very much, producer Hannah. Ten twenty eight. Congratulations, gone. Thank you, Hannah. And Hannah again, bringing in fifteen. For Monty and Basil, uh, prayer, uh, praying for you, buddy. So a double, Thank you very much, Producer Hannah. Double support from Producer Hannah. And this next one, I think this is the executive producer here from Producer Emily. Woo! Producer Emily! She moved the decimal point of the 1028. Yeah. It's very generous, $102.80. And she says, to Gonz's new baby, blessings to you and your family. May our King Yeshua keep you and your family safe under his wings. Amen. Uh, amen. Thank you very much, Emily. Um, really appreciate that. And our family appreciates it. Uh, next up, we have producer Jessica. Producer Thank you Jessica. very much, producer Jessica. She came in with the 1028. Congrats on your little baby boy, Gons. Big prayers and many blessings. Thank you, producer Jessica. And we also have producer Jonathan. He came in. He's a new recurring producer, so thank you for Ooh, that. Nice at three dollars and thirty three cents. He's yeah. the the thirty three club there. Yeah, yeah, club thirty three taking it over. Move aside, <laughs> Disney. We're the real thirty three club uh, that we're gonna get. Someone's gonna clip that. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. That's that's your downfall right there. Context, people. Context. And lastly, we have Charlie, producer Charlie. Thank you so much. Uh, she switched it around. It was $28.10. Congratulations, Gons. Welcome to the world, baby Canary Kezo. I like that, Canary Kezo. Thank you very much, Producer Charlie. She yes. came in during the show. During the show. And just as a, a little side note, uh, Kezo, who was born on October 28th, he shares a birthday, or at least the, uh, the day that the birthday is celebrated, of a, of a man named Kano Jigoro. Mm. Who is the founder of judo? So, oh, pretty, pretty intense. Yeah, uh, okay. And furthermore, so- uh, to go even further, he also shares a birthday with Tokugawa Yoshinobu. He was the last shogun in Japan. Really? Yeah, we're starting. That's it back pretty up. cool. That's yeah, a cool birthday to share. We're bringing back the shogun. <laughs> uh, also, Bernie Ecclestone, the founder of Formula One. Big deal. Wow. Big deal. Yeah. yeah. Big deals all and around. And uh, this one, I'm, I'm considering it a takeover as well. He shares a birth with uh, Bill Gates. No way. Oh, yeah. Oh, we got to remember that one. I know. I was like, no. <laughs> <laughs> but also, I was like, you're going down, Billy Gates. <laughs> so, yeah. The child is born. The child is born. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Taking you down. Uh, and one more notable person is uh, Am- Aminadinejad. I didn't say that right. The, uh, mm. the Iranian, yeah. uh, uh, what is he? The president of Iran? Leader, I don't know what he is. He's the guy Somewhere. in Iran, the leader of Iran. So uh, a lot to live up to, their little little baby Kezo. But I think, yeah, he's I got think it. God's got it. He's got yeah. it. 
So thank you to all the supporters and all the uh, the people who came in with the 1028. Lots of but, love during baby week. Yes, lots of love. We really appreciate it. I uh, got my wife through a lot of uh, the pain, the physical pain that they bear. <laughs> it was a good good encouragement coming from the people. And uh, so very, thank you very much. Really appreciate it. You still there, Basil? Yes. Okay. Sorry. Just making I sure. I thought you were going to go straight into jingles. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. We should do that. We uh, there's nobody from crypto. We don't have any knights tonight or dames, uh, but we did have a couple of entries for our our the other ways you can become a producer on the show, which is with your talent, and uh, we did get a jingle, and this Ooh. one was from Michael, and Michael put together this dark winter jingle. Oh, about to good. go into a dark winter. A dark winter. About to go into a dark winter. And he has no clear plan. And there's no prospect. And he has no clear plan. That's a jam, man. I like that jam. one. That yeah, slaps. I can see Kamala, you know, bouncing oh, to that beat. And Our laughing. next president, Kamala Harris. Our next president. <laughs> yeah. So there you go. Thank you very much, producer Michael, for sending that in. Really appreciate it. And uh, of course, we have to uh, go on to the next part of the talent entries from our producers. One art, please. <laughs> we always love the art. And we have a few, uh, a couple of them. I think they're first timers here. But if you're looking at the screen... Or if you're not, you can go to CanaryCryNewsTalk.com to check them out. The first one here is from Russell. This one is called Days of Noah. And it takes one of those classical paintings of a giant, uh, a, a giant humanoid. And yeah. uh, I, I don't know what the era of the painting is from. I think it's like Renaissance paintings or something. Yeah, of, it's like uh, it's like a, another composition. He does these great compositions on uh, Photoshop or something. Yeah, and yeah, it's um. Oh, he actually explained it in his email. Oh, he did. Okay. Yeah, let me see if I can pull it up here. You keep uh, describing it. Let me yeah, see. Yeah, so can it's pull uh, up the email. it's one of those old paintings of the giant, uh, you know, trying to pick up a, a female, but it also has with a, a kind of uh, transparently overlaid. A, a, an alien or a you know your typical gray type of face and also the 33 and uh, i think there's more there it's kind of hard to make out no he did not the, uh, describe it but okay. yes it's <laughs> got like I a psychedelic a, thing going on with uh yeah some of the colorful transparency stuff going on i think it's another dimension type thing yeah, that he's trying to like convey. shimmering things yeah, yeah he's got 33 uh coming through in a few places i think this painting is uh either he described i must have looked it up when he sent it in i this this painting is specifically i think regarding genesis 6 yeah it is um yeah yeah it's so, an old painting yeah uh, that's uh, a trippy one yeah yeah nice I, job I, russell yeah, good job, Russell. Appreciate it. Thank you for that one. And uh, the next one we have is from 88. And this one is called Game Week. And it's got Basil. Uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> his... so this is uh, 88. He he specifically mentioned, he said, oh, I didn't have a lot of time, but I sketched this out real quick for you. This was uh, after Monday's, last Monday's show when I played Robo Recall for everybody here. And uh, it's me in canary form with my 
headset on there. Reflecting in my headset is a classic uh, um, video game uh, sort of uh, uh, form um, from, what was that called? Galactica? Galactica. Galactica. Space Invaders? Yeah, Yeah. I think it's Space Invaders. One of those. Yeah. Um, And I'm eating Doritos, a classic gamer treat. And there's a Dorito falling out of my mouth that has a little uh, all seeing eye on it there. So I'm, I'm just, I'm munching on the Illuminati. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And uh, he was uh, very, uh, he's very good. He's hold, I'm holding a a game, uh, sorry, a PlayStation controller, which uh, he knows, he knows my preferences. So thank you very much. Uh, Russell, all, Always a pleasure, even on your quick, your quick doodles really uh, brought a lot of joy to my life. Yes. Very good stuff. Game week by 88. So thank you for that one. And uh, let's move on. We also got one from Ali, one of our our prolific producers, and uh, she has episode 260. It's a a pretty good uh, rendering of Monty. It's called Monty Takes Over. And I think it's in reference yeah, this to this one was great. Yeah, it's in reference this to you was, taking uh, over the stream. Yes, this is when I took over the stream when we were there was a chance that I was going to try to do a full episode to myself, which I didn't end up doing. But uh, still very good. This is this is Monty 3, the the youngest Monty. This says episode 260 at the top there, Monty sitting in the chair and it's done in the style of the uh, the live stream setup. So on the left, we've got uh, the chat window going through and she did a very good job. She she actually used real chatters <laughs> um we've got island girl 21 dame island girl at the top what did i miss then who do we got here i gotta make it bigger steph uh, pud 82 S- steph pud 82 did he just wink yes he does wink a lot uh then uh jay vela there jay, jay vela, vela yes blink if you can see us old to box thanks cat daddy fauci was it aliens basil's actual wife monty two three i know it's always a question epony blaze basil basil two <laughs> uh flippy official made a made a, a an appearance an appearance you look so wise and then down there at the bottom was mom with sword and shield saying hey mr cat is basil there yes the kid, once the cats take over, there's no more human interference. Basil was not there. <laughs> no, no. Then it will really be the takeover and it'll be over. It will <laughs> really be, be over. over. Yes. The show will officially end. <laughs> so thank you very much, producer Ali. Gazel and Bond's in the chat. Uh, always a pleasure to get that art coming in. Yes. Thank you, uh, producer Ali. And lastly, we have producer Peter. And this one yeah. is pretty cool. It's got uh, Sir Knight Basil and Sir Samurai Gons. This one was great. And Peter, I think, is a first-time uh, art producer here. and did a great job. And for those who are just listening, uh, um, there's myself on the left. I got my headset on. Full armor. Uh, f- full knight's armor. Big sword. Canary on my uh, shoulder there. Cats and, around uh, your legs. Some cats scratching at my legs. And on the right is Gons in full stoic samurai pose. Looking very epic. And uh, great style here, Peter. Loving it. Says Canary Cry News Talk. This, uh, this looks like it might be t-shirt worthy. I think so, yeah. I think so. I really enjoyed this. This came in pretty early um, in Baby Week. 
week last week. I just had fun looking at it a whole bunch. So thank you very much, producer Peter. Please keep at it, buddy. Send us more. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And that's all the artwork we have for today. Uh, we want to thank That Night Wind for continuing to do the timestamps. We really appreciate that. Uh, also visit CanaryCryMerchPerch.com. That's where hopefully uh, as a producer dust uh, as he can, we can uh, get some of this artwork onto t-shirts and other objects swag and uh yeah. you can help have you support. been over there i haven't been over there recently i haven't been over there in a little bit either i can probably mm. check yeah i'm gonna go check right now i know you know it ain't easy getting all this stuff set up so i was just yeah. gonna see if there's any new stuff um oops canary cry oh that's not right well canary you cry might merch perch. uh yeah there's I, I don't see anything new there yet i, th- I see the okay. mug I know he's working on it, though, so keep checking back. Keep checking. And uh, Canary Cry Merch Perch is a a great family-run operation. Um, Everything is sold at cost, but you have an opportunity to tip the webmaster, which please consider doing that because you need to – we got to keep it going. Um, You can tip the artist or you can tip uh, Gons or myself. It's a great little system there. Yes, absolutely. So, uh, yeah, check it out, Canary Cry Merch Perch.com. I'm going to type that into the chat so people can okay. check it out. And uh, let's let's uh, wrap it up here because uh, we're way past time here. Yes, I did want to mention I want to. Um, oh, I got it. I didn't. I don't have an open. Oh, <clears throat> so I was just while I was checking. Oh, man, I'm losing my voice. Your, your throat. <clears> the <throat> Rona. The Rona. Gotcha. Yeah, something's getting me. All this talking. Um, the uh, while I was looking up our charts and doing everything like that last week, while I had some extra time, I was uh, I checked just do, I just did a kind of a deep Google search to see if anybody was mentioning us. Not a whole lot of mentions recently. Uh, I don't know. We'll have to get some journalists or something to write some stories about us or something. But I did stumble across a, uh, a Reddit thread and Mm. the Reddit thread mentioned, Oh man. And I cannot make this big enough to read it. Hold on. (laughs) Uh, basically the question on the Reddit was what's a podcast that changed your life and somebody put in Canary cry news talk. That's right. We're changing lives, Gons. That's good. That's good because I just looked up Canary Cry and read it just to see if I can find the actual thread. And you the first one that popped up. Often. Yeah, no, the, the one that popped up was, uh, I was like, what is this? It, it, the headline or the, the thread is titled, let's talk about the, the poop writing and Canary Cry. And I was like, well, what is this? But it's, uh, oh, it's, no. it's about the. It's about the oh the, the comic book yeah okay so good good That's nobody funny I want to give props to who this is but I am having the darndest time trying to uh, see it finding yeah I can't make it bigger on our okay, notes on. there are you able to make that bigger and look at it yes I think oh, hold on yeah I can oh, but it's such a small I know it's so tiny. Now I can't find the screenshots that Truth, I took on my computer. Truth Kim or something? It's oh, hard gosh. to see. I think it's true. Yeah, true, truer, truth or Kim or something. That sounds right. Yeah, something well, like that. 
when I'm able to get it back, thank you again for mentioning us on Reddit. It's always nice to know somebody's paying attention out there. Yeah. Outside of our own little safe circle. (laughs) Or safe space. Yeah. (laughs) All right, cool. Let's uh time to wake up. Let's wake up. Yes, it's wake up time. Hey yo, wake up. Hey yo, wake up. Okie dokie, folks. Let's get back to the story here. Um, Let's see. Yeah, we already mentioned Zoltan. We don't know what he's up to. But uh, let's do a quick check-in with uh, one of the four horsemen of the Technocalypse. The four horsemen of the You That's are already right. sort of a cybernetic symbiote. Neural nets are taking over from regular programming. So you are connected. You are connected. This is from LATimes.com. SpaceX starts rolling out Starlink Internet, hoping it'll fund Mars flights. That's right, folks. The time we've all been waiting for, we've been tracking for years, is finally happening. And the article reads like this. SpaceX, having established a formidable reputation in rocket launches, is starting to roll out what it hopes will be an even more muscular arm of its business, broadband internet service. The Elon Musk-led company has released prices for a public beta test of its Starlink broadband internet service, which is beamed to users via small satellites. A Texas school district and other local government entities are already using it. Now the service is being offered to a select group of individual consumers. Eventually, customers might include entire countries. (laughs) Under the test called the Better Than Nothing Beta Program. (laughs) Elon, man. You gotta hand it to Elon, man. He just knows how to... (laughs) It's better than nothing. Beta program. (laughs) Initial service for the U.S. and Canada is aimed to start this year with near global coverage of the populated world set to occur in 2021. According to the official description of an app developed by SpaceX that's intended to help users set up and monitor their Starlink service. SpaceX did not respond to a request for comment. The monthly subscription cost for the beta program is $99. That's pretty modest. Users will also need to make a single payment of $500 for the hardware. Okay, not so modest. Including a user terminal, mounting tripod, and Wi-Fi router. The pricing first reported by CNBC, was detailed in emails to potential beta program users. In its early stages, service might be slow. (laughs) So far, SpaceX has launched more than 800 of the small satellites that will power its broadband network. A SpaceX executive said last year that the Hawthorne company could provide coverage across the U.S. with only 720 satellites, and that 1,800 satellites would be needed to provide service to most of the world. The so-called Constellation could eventually number as many as 30,000 satellites in low orbit. Astronomers have expressed concern that light bouncing off the satellites could affect telescope images. SpaceX has said it would put experimental coatings on the satellites to reduce their brightness. Huh. I had not read that. That's interesting. Put some of that ultra black paint on it or something. We reported on this uh, about a year ago. I remember talking about the problems with the astronomers. I don't remember that they were actually doing anything to fix it. Yeah, we we reported on the story like a week after the the problem was, you know, public. 
SpaceX sees its Starlink broadband service as a major potential revenue stream. Last year, Musk told reporters that revenue from providing internet service could total in $30 billion a year, while launch revenue will probably top out at about $3 billion a year. Quote, we see this as a way for SpaceX to generate revenue that can be used to develop more advanced rockets and spaceships, Musk said at the time. Quote, we think this is a key stepping stone on the way to establishing a self-sustaining city on Mars and a base on the moon. And at its beta testing price, analysts said the service could be viewed favorably in the United States, particularly in areas where internet access is difficult or impossible to come by. Some of Starlink's early users include the Hector County Independent School District in Texas, the Ho Tribe in Western Washington, and Washington's Emergency Management Division, which tweeted last month that Starlink service helped emergency responders as they started to rebuild the town of Malden after a wildfire. These partnerships show that Starlink's customer base won't consist of only consumers looking for home internet service, said Chad Anderson, managing partner at Early State venture capital fund Space Capital, which is a SpaceX investor through its Space Angels Fund. Space, 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 space. Quote, Here's a huge mar- uh, there's a huge market for these types of remote operations, he said. For his part, the $99 monthly cost is cheaper than his home internet service in New York City, which is about $160 a month for what he describes as pretty decent fiber connectivity. SpaceX's Starlink beta pricing is in the ballpark of other internet service providers. The difference is the slower speed, says Jeff Kagan a wireless and telecom analyst in Atlanta. But for customers who don't have other options, Starlink service would be better than nothing, uh, he said. And the article goes on, but I don't think there's anything uh, important to talk about there. Um, More or less, Starlink is operational, Gonzo. Yeah, are you going to beta test? Are you going to be part of the better than nothing beta test? No, you know, my standards have raised in my old age. Oh, wow. (laughs) Better better than nothing is uh, just slightly below what I need (laughs) because with the slow... I can't do this show with a slow connection. You know? Yeah. Elon's marketing must have failed on you. They should It should have been like a little better than bad. <laughs> it's... I I personally have pretty good internet here. You might be interested in using the I, beta test. Yeah. You are... Better than nothing is right about where, where you're sitting at right now. I know. Although things have worked out pretty good this show. Better yeah. than we expected. Yeah. It's, it's staying alive. But... Uh, yeah. Yeah, I, I always, you know, I talk to, I have these conversations with uh, my neighbor who's, uh, yeah, I'm a little more of a normie type, but, mm-hmm. um, you know, we talk about Elon and stuff and I always say, I, I don't get into all the craziness, but I, but it, it's interesting because I mentioned, I was like, so Elon's got this company that's running uh, uh, SpaceX then he's got the boring company, you know, digging underground bases or whatever. Yeah. Then he has Tesla, which is cars and automatic, you know, driving and all that stuff that's connected to the internet in the future. Then he has Starlink, which is the internet in our skies. And then he has Neuralink, which is supposed to be a microchip in your brain. It, oh. Something's up with this guy. And, and my neighbor was like, oh my gosh, I didn't even, cons- like they hadn't even thought about. <laughs> didn't even realize. No, didn't realize that, that Elon was had his hand in all these different uh pots you know and yeah. is coming together with this huge totalitarian thing so yeah it was kind of interesting to for you know, have that conversation and him being like 
whoa you're right <laughs> what is up with that guy <laughs> and uh he's so everywhere he's everywhere so uh yeah just something to keep in mind and uh yeah he might go down as the antichrist let's just be honest he might he might be the guy or at least like the false prophet you know he's gonna mm. be the guy that resurrects the guy who says he's the messiah and then dies yeah. and then elon's like oh let me you know bleep blop blop and then boom he's yeah alive at the and- very least at the very least we know the antichrist will drive a tesla <laughs> in in space apparently and well yeah and we'll probably have a a neuralink chip yeah at the least so all right well just something to keep in mind here because uh something's up with that guy elon how does he have time to do all this there's just no way one guy can be like, know, hey, man. it's the clones. It's the clones. It's the, clones. It's it's the, the Elon clones get most of it done. The Elon, Elon Minotti. Yeah. Elon Minotti. Is yeah. That what? Being, being, having, uh, <laughs> yeah. Anyways, <laughs> let's keep going. <laughs> okay. Well, let's wrap up this episode with a Nephilim update. Nephilim update. Nephilim update. Nephilim update. Nephilim update. This is NJ.com. Blood of Zeus, new Netflix Uh-oh. series from NJ Brothers, is an epic fit for the gods. Uh-oh. So I might have to check this out. Uh, I'm not going to read the story here, but uh, uh, basically the uh, NJ Brothers are, uh, have put together this thing called Blood of Zeus. It's, uh, you know, it's just steeped in Greek mythology. But that's not really the interesting thing because uh, these brothers, well, there's a picture here, Vlas and Charle Parlapanides grew up in seaside park and went on to write for tv and film and uh the the interesting part is that yeah they have blood of zeus out right now but they're working on something a little bit more interesting if i scroll down all the way to the bottom here it says next up the duo is working on a live action movie script for mgm about nephilim biblical figures who are half angel they're also developing an anime series about another classical Greek character, Medusa. So keep an eye on NJ Brothers, these guys that uh, produce stuff. Because, you know, if you really think about it, with this last, I guess is the pandemic, so to speak, the, the pandemic special, um, Hollywood, traditional Hollywood in its form, current form yeah. or past form, it, it, it kind of died. It's it really gone, though. It, it's, yeah, it's dead. Yeah. And so you're going to have these new a new wave of producers of uh of Hollywood-ish. It's not going to be exactly Hollywood now because distribution has changed. But, you know, people on Netflix and you know, these type of productions and I think the topics are going to be very much rooted in a lot of the stuff that we talk about. Not that it's not already. It's already, you know, well into that stuff and on Netflix yeah. especially. Well, it's given the independent people a chance to get into the industry is what it is. And, you know, usually it's the independent people that kind of have these weird sort of offbeat ideas. You know, they might take their ideas from their favorite podcasters and not give them any credit or cut them in on the royalties. Uh, We've seen it before, not naming any names, but, you know, it happens. It happens. So if you're out there and you're going to get into the the new, uh, you know, uh, opening of the entertainment industry to more independent people, make sure to include your buddies, Basil and Gons. Come on. Come on. We'll be, gotta, uh, we we got to have some sort of uh, some sort of deal go through here. We can be advisors, you know. 
to, to shape know, the narrative like, of the story. Consultants. We need to be consultants, consultants. is what it is. Yeah. Both of us have our, uh, you know, not only do we have the credentials from doing uh, eight coming on nine years of this podcast, digging deep and talking to the, the real professionals. Um, but you know, we know, we know how the industry works. We can, we can make this happen. You just got to get us that, uh, consultant paycheck, baby. <laughs> yeah. Because we've been talking about how uh, we can weave in current themes into these ancient stories and obviously, uh, sneak in Jesus, you know, try yeah. to get Jesus in there. Gotta do it. Gotta do it. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Because whatever uh, happened to that asteroid that was going to hit. Um, Any news on that? Uh, I haven't seen. We looked it up before the show. Couldn't find I anything. Thought there was an official. asteroid that was supposed to hit today. Yeah. Well, still here. Yeah. You can thank okay. the Nephilim gods I, for spanking it away. Uh, oh my gosh! <laughs> Take them down, folks. Like a baseball Take them bat. Down. Clip it. Get them. It was a home run. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. I think we did it. Yep. I think okay. we, we got through there it. There we go. We did a show. We're back on the roll. Back back on the roll. Is that a thing? I don't on know, a roll. We're on we a roll. Are. We back on our pseudo regular schedule. Of course, uh, things will be a little shaky as Gons settles in with uh, the baby and things like that. But we're going to be doing our best to get back on a regular schedule, folks. So thanks for sticking with us. Thanks for tuning in. Um, let's see here. Remember. We're on the value for value model. We need, we cannot continue to do the show without the generous support of our producers. And that's right. I said it, our producers. One thing I didn't mention before, you can put that on your resume, put it on your LinkedIn, give them our email. We will vouch for you. It's a real producership folks. Um, and, uh, there you go. No, I have not yet gotten any reports that anybody's gotten a job from it, but you know, with the new age of the entertainment industry, I think being a producer of a podcast could actually get you somewhere. Yeah. So there you go. You can become a producer by heading to patreon.com slash CCNT for Canary Cry News Talk. Or you can head over to canarycryradio.com slash support. Canarycryradio.com slash support. That's right. CanaryCryRadio.com slash support. It's got PayPal options, crypto options. It's a great place to become a supporter of the show. Become a producer because we need producers to make it happen, folks. Thank you uh, for all of our generous producers that uh, supported us over baby week. We will keep you posted as things develop. And uh, thank you to all of our artists as well, artists and musicians. And if you're out there and you're an artist, and you're a musician, you can become a producer of the show as well. That's right. Make a piece of art or a jingle or a song or something regarding, uh, you know, make it Canary Cry News Talk themed and send it in to us. You can send that to canarycryradio at gmail.com. We'll get you on the show and give you your producership credit there. And uh, yeah, this is great. I can't wait to see what art comes in next. It's always a pleasure. Remember to leave ratings and reviews as well. That's a very important part of this podcast ecosystem here. I know a lot of times you might think, ah, it's not that important. I'm not going to leave a rating and review. I'll leave that to somebody who has an extra three minutes in their day. No, 
you, dear listener, we need your rating and review because we need to convince the uh, podcast algorithms to share the show. It's one of the easiest ways to share the show with tons of people, and it goes uh, really far to getting us on those uh, po- podcast charts that I was mentioning earlier. Those Australians, man, they got us up to number 59 in all of Australian news, which is pretty cool. Man. So. If you want to help us out, and, uh, the, the easiest way to do it is just Google or DuckDuckGo or Bing or whatever you do. Whatever search engine you use, search Apple Podcast Canary Cry News Talk. Apple Podcast Canary Cry News Talk. The first hit there will take you to the best place to leave a rating and a review. And uh, I'll be reading ratings and reviews on Fridays, my favorite time of week. And uh, I look forward to getting those. Make them, make them good, folks. We got to get back on the charts. It's been a while since we've had a solid chart standing. Uh, but that's what happens when you don't do a show for a week. So there we go. Thank you very much. Don't forget to do that. Now, you can also help out the show a ton by sharing it with the world. Put it on your social media. Retweet it. Put it on your Facebook, whatever it is. You know, you never know who's going to see it and whose life is going to be changed by Canary Cry News Talk, much like that Reddit user who uh, who just let the world know that Canary Cry News Talk changed their life. So go do that. Thank you very much. And lastly, you know, the best way to spread a show is word of mouth. You know, people trust you. People in your life, believe it or not, they trust you, your family, your friends. They're starting to wake up to see that the world is not what they've been told. And the great next step for them to take is to start listening to Canary Cry News Talk. So let them know. And if you need any other instructions, here's what you do. You walk right up to them, you grab them by the cage, and then you shake it. The end of the world occurred pretty much as we had predicted. The human race will have every opportunity to improve. And if they don't? Ask Noah. That's right, folks. Just ask Noah. Now, remember, stick around after the show here. We're going to have the Canary Cry mixtape, which is all original music by producers of the show. It's a good time. There's always some sort of dance party. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. Uh, Gons, any last words? Just a quick update on the attack. It's, it's spreading. There's six different shooting locations in Vienna. A gunman carrying explosive belt and bag filled with ammunition shot outside St. Rupert's Church. Uh, oh my gosh. Austrian chancellor says definitely a terrorist attack because he said it was a terrorist attack. What is attack going earlier. on in Austria? I don't know. A Vienna police conference, at least one attacker still on the run. So uh, we'll, we'll update everybody on that probably the next yeah. episode. After, i got to uh, do some research on current events in Austria. What could possibly be happening yeah, there? Yeah, pretty crazy. All right, folks. Well, stay safe and stay sane. And make sure to tune in next time. That will be November 4th, Wednesday. Ooh. Oh, my gosh. The election is tomorrow. Yep. I know. Tomorrow's going to be an exciting day, folks. So stay on the edge of your seats. Make sure to follow me on Twitter. I'll probably be uh, letting off some steam during the election there. <laughs> Follow me at Basil underscore Rosewater. Uh, you just do it. I need more followers. Thank you very much. And, uh, um, you know, I, I need... Ne- never mind. Do it. Follow me on Twitter. 
election tomorrow. Stay safe, stay sane. Next show, Wednesday, November 4th. I'm sure there will be a lot to talk about on Wednesday, folks. So put it on your calendar. Turn on notifications. You need to make sure your notifications are on for this one. All right. So make sure to tune in next time to Canary Cry News Talk. But until then, folks, remember to think outside the cage. Remember, reality is an illusion. The universe is a hologram. Buy gold. Bye. I want to shake things up, shake things up. I want to shake things up, shake things up. Leave the bird alone. I want to stir up some controversy. I want to rattle a few cages. I want to rattle a few cages. I'm the last angry man. You'll never silence I'm me. I'm the last angry man. Oh, 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 I I'm it. the last angry man. You'll never silence I'm me. I'm the last angry man. A crusader for the little guy. Little guy. Little guy. Well, we'll see about that. Whatever, Illuminati. Fun fact, I believe it was uh, another fun fact. Fun fact. Uh, another fun fact. Brings me back to my screamo days. That's where I started. Light up a huge blunt, a joint. Give everybody magic mushrooms. Smoke. The CIA, you know, I mean, lots of intelligence agencies have tested secretly dosing communities. LSD. Psychoactive pills should be covertly administered. Put me on some, some, I don't know. Are you shot in the butt? Fluoride, oxytocin, get a chemical hug. Uh, I did dabble, you know, some of that uh, robot crack. I know what it's like. It's a lethal, lethal recipe for disaster. You need help. If you're a pharmacist, you need to repent. (laughs) All right, weird.
will be confined in a people's zoo. People, I'll keep you safe and